Welcome to another edition of Spiritual Encounters. I am your Lionhearted host, Pastor Casper, and I'm here with one of my dearest friends, Dr. Nathan Jones from Lion and Lamb Ministries. And big question people are asking us, what's going to happen in 2024? So we're going to talk about that. I just want to share one verse with you quick at the top. Revelation 3.10 says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world and try them that dwell upon the earth. So, um, Dr. Nathan, so glad to see you again. Miss you, mate. It's been a while. It has, brother. It's always good to fellowship with you and uh, uh, listen to your music and look at your art and see how you bless people at the church and online. And uh, the Lord's using you mightily. And you, sir, um, you're doing some great mighty works for the Lord. And uh, oh, Praise the Lord. And uh, your, your books are such a blessing. Everybody's got to check those out. So... Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I just spoke with a Bible study group uh, over Zoom yesterday who's uh, going to be using the 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. And uh, after we discussed uh, how much you could learn from the Minor Prophets and help you grow in your faith, the head of the Bible study wrote me and says, I'm so glad that you did this webinar with us because a lot of the ladies weren't looking forward <laughs> to learning mm -hmm. from the Minor Prophets. And I said, oh, that's such a shame because there's such a wealth of information and and about how god and connects you to who god is because he shares his heart and his passion with his basically his broken heart that he he has with israel who's always uh, at the time period betraying him and leaving him and and so it's very important books but very neglected books so yeah just praise the lord to use that and then the mighty angels book as well i i think when people hear the word minor prophets they think it's not as important as major prophets and i've got yes. wait wait a minute it's it's God speaking through somebody. You need to pay attention, whether it's a major or minor here. So. It's it's a bad title. I, I don't know what theologian back in the day decided to separate the major from the minor. But once you say minor, people aren't as interested. But uh, the 12 minor prophets are a wealth of, of insight into God's heart. And so it's a real shame that they're often skipped over. Well, I, I think it's probably because they, they have a, a shorter, you know, um, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's probably the reason. They should be calling it that, that the, the, the prophets that spoke less, <laughs> less is more. <laughs> they got to the point. That's the most yeah, important thing. Right to the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get right with the Lord. So when we ask, you know, people keep asking you and I, I'm sure they're asking other ministers, what's going to happen in 2024? You know, and as I share with you, my answer is we, we're not promised tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Make sure you get right with the lord in every dimension uh do what's pleasing to him i mean if we we work for somebody we have an employer wouldn't you want to find out what pleases him you do what pleases him you get promoted if you don't do what pleases him uh, it doesn't usually work out too well does it no no we we learned that the hard way this week we had i had to let my assistant go this week uh mm. you know it's, it's serving the lord is a you put both feet both oars in the water and uh, so, yeah, that, that was hard. So, but uh, for 2024, yeah, that, there's, that's a talk here at Lamb and Lion Ministries as well. People are trying to find out, you know, what does the Bible say? Now, obviously we, we can't date set. Uh, the Lord says only he knows the day and the hour, but there's certain trends that we can look at that certainly point to the fact that certain events are going to increase, as Jesus said, in frequency, intensity, like birth pains the closer we get to his return. So we can point to certain signs of the times that will definitely be increasing in frequency and intensity this year. And if you want, we can go through a list. We, we can, if you like. Um, I, you know, the Lord said you can tell when the weather is going to change. How much more should we know the season we're in? I, I think this past um, was our 7th of October, pretty significant what happened in Israel. That That's certainly one of those signs we ought to be paying attention to. Um so maybe we should start there, but uh, let's let's go through and give people, you know, maybe if they see it, you know, all categorized, it make a little bit more sense. Okay. Well, I would go to Luke 21. Uh, you could also see the parallels in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, where, where the apostles come to Jesus and he says, they ask him, when will these things be? And what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? In other words, Jesus had just told them that the temple was going to be destroyed one day. And and uh, all these, and then they wanted to know, you know, when is that going to happen? What are the signs of the end of the age? And what are the signs leading up to Christ's return? And he answered with 10 signs that, that 
that answered all three of those questions. And he says in verse eight, he said, take heed that you are not deceived for many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. So the first sign that Jesus gets is false prophets, false teachers, false Christ. As we get closer and closer, again, those birth pains. Uh, my wife had three children, and as we got closer and closer to the birth, the contractions got shorter and shorter and less time between them, but more and more intense. And Jesus compares it to that, that these signs, which, you know, when you say uh, these signs have always been, yes, but they will come more frequently and they'll become more powerful the closer we get as to return. So we live in a time period uh, of false teachings all over the place. And especially, Casper, I think because it's an election year that we're going to see just a, a barrage of lies and fake fact checkers and uh, you know stories and politicians, false promises and people looking to government to be their savior instead of Jesus Christ. So I think 2024 is going to look to be a year of a lot of false teachings, a lot of false prophets, and even a lot of false Christs. I would concur with that. Um, I, I did a book with uh, several physician friends and some minister friends called Solutions for the End Times, which came out whilst I was in England. It, it went to number one on Amazon in uh, its category. But uh, in there, we talked about the Osmar Conference back in 1975 where they had a conference on recombatant DNA. I think we could draw uh, a, a lot of what happened is happening now started there with a guy named Paul Berg and Maxine Singer. And they were supposed to supposedly discussing potential biohazards and uh, biotechnology in, in a conference in um, Osama State Beach in California. It's like, yeah, 1975. That's not really what happened. Um, they began to launch their plans and their agendas to genetically modify all, all life on the face of the earth. So all the animals, all the plants, all the insects, they, they want to change everything. And we can see from the, you know, the word of God, this is, you know, as in the days of Noah, right? So um, <laughs> this is what's going on right now. Uh, these nefarious plans are, are being carried out. And I think it's got a lot of people in a mindset of doom and gloom, and you and I are like, we're going like, wow, you know, we're getting closer to the return of Christ. <laughs> like, let that joy, you know, um, knowing what, what's coming. I mean, eyes not seen, ear heard, the things God's got planned for those that love him. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, you hear stories, too, of <clears throat> not just false teachers and false prophets outside of the church, but inside the church. Um a late mega pastor, uh, T.B. Joshua in Nigeria, they found after he died that he had raped and abused young women for 20 years. So we've got pastors and sitting in, or standing in the pulpits uh, preaching Jesus on one side and being absolute heathens. These are false teachers, false prophets masquerading as angels of light. And so I believe we're going to see continue to see this phenomenon get more and more as as again, Satan once knows that the truth is in the Bible, and so he deludes it with lots of people pretending to be speakers for Christ. Uh, uh, there's a TV show, uh, Reacher. It's uh, based on a series of books about a military uh, police officer who, after he's retired, travels and fixes wrongs. And <clears throat> Alan Richen is the actor who plays him. And last night I realized that he has a, a YouTube channel called, I think it's Intrachurch, and uh, he shares, I guess, his faith in God. I, I'm not, I watched a bunch of videos and I'm trying to place like, you know, he's trying to explain why it's okay for him to play Reacher and be a Christian because, you know, Reacher's kind of a violent uh, character and all that. And he's list. I'm listening to his theology and I'm trying to like, well, where's Jesus? There's not Jesus in any of his theology. And so I think, again, as Jesus said, and I'm not saying Richard's not a Christian or not, and not saved, I don't know, but he hasn't expressed it in his videos that I've seen, that we're going to get these people with these pseudo-Christianity, these pseudo-religious views continue to espouse them, and people are going like, oh, wow, that's wise, you know, that's right, and not actually go to the Bible and, and get the word directly from God's mouth. And that we'll continue to see, I think, biblical ignorance continue to increase during this year. It, it's so sad that the... They know things like that are going on. And then a lot of churches that 
people that they're willfully, they're willingly choosing to be ignorant of what's going on. They won't talk about that. I mean, prophecies is like all through the Bible, and yet most churches today, it seems they don't want to deal with it. I mean, that's there for a reason to prepare us for what's coming. Um, when I got ordained um, in 2001, it was just maybe a few days after that, I, I experienced a miraculous healing. I got ordained and... Um, and I was aware of a study that was done. Uh, it was a pastor's conference somewhere like maybe New Mexico, Arizona, something. And they surveyed what they were watching on the television. Um, most times I'm, I'm in, a, in a hotel room. I never turn those things on. They're just propaganda machines. But this is like, so, in, you know, 2001. And the study said that 80% of the pastors at, at, at this conference were watching pornography. I'm going, well, how in the world is the church going to be sanctified when the leadership is, is you know, serving the kingdom of darkness? Yeah, I, my wife and I went to Montana. It was on our uh, last June. It was on our bucket list for decades. And uh, we finally went. And I was shocked how many little churches and little corners of Montana had great gay pride flags on them. I mean, I was like, haven't you read what God calls an abomination? I mean, why would the church support what God condemns i mean we should show love to people obviously but uh you know it's it's doctrine just doesn't matter it's like uh I, and i we live in an age of subjective truth uh kamala harris was being interviewed uh, uh with a, a classroom of students and a student asked her a question about the palestinians and kamala harris responds saying well that's your truth and it's like well Whoa. there's not one person's truth and another person's truth their truth is absolute, and no one teaches that today. Now, the reason for that is so that people can live however they want. You know, whatever morality that they say suits them, it's their truth. And so, yes, false doctrine and false teachings will continue to pervade, and the people will suck it up. They'll love it, you know. And uh, the Bible says, uh, what's it in Second Peter, that people have itching ears. They, they, they surround themselves with teachers that tell them what they want to hear, not what God has to say. And so I think that trend in 2024 is going to continue to get worse and worse. Well, it does say, you know, things are going to get worse and uh, men are going to get more evil and deceive and be deceived. Uh, that's what the word of God tells us about these end times. It's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's something we're, we're not, and we're supposed to the commandment, you know, to pray for these people, pray for our enemies, bless the, the persecute us and hurt us. And I think a lot of times, we Christians don't want to do that. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. So well, we, we need to pray for them. Absolutely. Well, it looks like the, the second thing on Jesus's list here after false prophets and false teachers, um, he picks up in verse 9, he says, but when you hear of wars and commotions or rumors of wars, do not be terrified for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So as if following the prophetic trend here, if the sign, this is the sign of war, as we get closer and closer to Christ's return, wars and rumors of wars will increase in frequency and intensity as well. And brother, I think 2023 showed us between, uh, you know, the con ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine and then Hamas just you know, on October 7th, like you said, brutally murdering 1,400 Jewish people in Israel and Israel having to retaliate to Gaza. Uh, where is this trend going? I, I believe what we're seeing is because Israel has to eradicate Hamas, and it's a righteous thing to do, but they're going to lose the PR war with the rest of the world. And we're seeing an increase in anti-Semitism around the world. Uh, I just read an article that anti-Semitic attacks are up 400% just the beginning of this year. And so we'll continue to see Israel get more and more isolated. And then if theaters like uh, up with Hezbollah in Lebanon and possibly any other surrounding nations start uh, attacking Israel, we might be actually seeing the beginning of what's called the Psalm 83 war, the war that Asaph prophesied where Israel would have to subjugate the surrounding countries in order to get that peaceful precondition needed for when uh, they get a surprise attack by Iran, Turkey, Russia, and a few other countries in the Gog and Magog war. Yeah, I think we're all looking at that's kind of unfolding right now. Um, 
I've been on a number of podcasts where people said things like the Jews aren't really the Jews, you know, the, they, they mix it up with the synagogue of Satan. I'm going, what, are you going to wait another 2,000 years for another Israel to come back together? <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> An excellent point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hear that a lot, the synagogue of Satan. Well, you know, that was a reference for that town for that letter in Revelation. It wasn't mean that that the Jewish people are throughout centuries are pretending to be Jews. Uh, you know, you hear people too, well, those those aren't really Jews. They're people that are pretending to be Jews. Now, why would anyone want to pretend to be a Jew and take on all the persecution that the Jewish people get? It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. Uh, a lot of it doesn't um, seem to, you know, it's, it's kind of like the JFK assassination and 9-11. I mean, the narrative doesn't play out right. And um, and then you've got, um, you know, that whole Jeffrey Epstein thing unfolding in the midst of it. So, yeah, you know, lying signs and wonders and uh, rumors of wars and trying to keep people in a state of fear. Um, my friend Rabbi Zeb Peratz uh, is in Jerusalem and ministered to some of the families that were brutalized. And he's kind of coming from, you know, this like, but God preserved you, you know, we got to carry on. Um, but he shared some of the, the, the tragic, uh, and I really don't want to get into it, you know, the, it's just too graphic, um, but it's unbelievable. I mean, you'd have to be an absolute demonic, demonically possessed to do those kind of things, especially where they took children and then they they um, released them back. Hamas, by the way, as you know, means evil, right? It's, it's what the, the original language, we look up the Hamas in the Bible, I think it's in Genesis. Uh, means violence, and so they they did the same kind of things that the Nazis did to um, split personalities, cause schizophrenia. They would <clears throat> make these children watch these horrific videos of their families being brutalized, and then tell them if they you know if they cry, they have a gun pointed at their head or something. You know, we'll, we'll kill you too. It's just unbelievable. I mean, you, you can't we can't even comprehend it. You know how evil this stuff is especially over on this side of the on the pond so i remember uh, when isis was marching through the the levant area mm -hmm. you know it's hamas is basically them actually hamas from i was reading is a, a break off of the muslim brotherhood out of egypt which is egypt has banned the muslim brotherhood so it's not like they're going to let hamas back into egypt but yeah it's it's crazy to see how they could do such atrocity and you're right it, it has to be satanic possession i mean nobody puts a baby in a microwave and turns it on unless you know you're pure evil but the fact that demonic activity is coming out more uh, as as people accept the occult more and magic and you walk into a bookstore and the use sections are just filled with with magic uh, uh, I remember going to Barnes and Noble not so long ago and uh you know all the books on, on the front counter were all about how to do magic spells and make potions real witchcraft and so, yeah, the, the demonic world is feeling freer and freer to to step up and show themselves unapologetically. And another sign that we're going to see increasing in frequency and intensity as we get closer. But the tribulation time period after the rapture of the church, as you know, that the demonic world is is front and center. You can they'll be visible. They'll be they'll be persecuting people. You know, they'll they'll be open in it. The Bible says that one of the five major sins of the tribulation is witchcraft and sorcery. So, uh, yeah, the demonic world is feeling free to it. Were it served them during the time of uh, uh, more scholasticism when people were you know all about logic and all about science. You know, the demonic world not. A, existing served their atheistic needs but now the world's embracing spiritism and the demonic world feels very free to be marching around uh, it, it's blatantly out in the open uh, you remind me of some 59 where it talks about you know deliver me uh, um, david wrote you know from those my enemies defend me from those that are coming up against me so that's what we need to be praying right now um it's it, in england i i found um uh, all through UK, most of the churches, without exception, had no idea who Klaus Schwab was, which I found really disturbing. That I found that information there is even more suppressed than it is here, apparently. 
Um, so you got a guy that was raised by Nazis. His dad worked directly with Adolf Hitler. And he's the head of the World Economic Forum. Um, World Health Organization is plugged into it. Um, I had a friend that's a physician that worked for them that's come on Spiritual Encounter. And that when she realized, wait a minute, these people have nefarious agendas. So she's out of there. But she'd actually had meetings with class, you know, and uh, this stuff is just absolute insanity. Uh, and yeah. it's right there on their website. You know, they want you to eat insects. They want to transhumanize the entire world, something I've been banging the drum about for decades now. Um, we're there. I mean, these things are unfolding before us. It's interesting that the I, I didn't realize until I saw maybe a presentation by Brandon Holdhouse mm. about the World Economic Forum. The logo of the World Economic Forum. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was J.B. Hickson's presentation. Yeah. But I hadn't realized that you could see Six 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 in their logo. It's like it's right there, but you you know it's and what's frightening is how many world leaders, not just top, but you know within cabinets and uh, Justin Trudeau. I'll use that example in Canada. You know he's a huge World Economic Forum. Many of the people on his cabinet are part of the World Economic Forum. I mean this has saturated almost all the major governments of the world, and those that are standouts like Russia and uh, Xi Jinping in China. You know. Uh, you know, the West is against them. And so this globalist movement, we see in the Bible, because as the Antichrist rises, one of the first major wars of the tribulation, uh, we call it the, the conventional war, it's the third of nine wars that uh, are prophesied, that the Antichrist will establish his empire by creating this humendous, humongous war. It's basically World War Three, And the Bible says and here I can read it here when we read about wars and rumors of wars. Oh, I'm sorry, you have to go into Revelation. But it says a, a third of the world po population dies as a result of that war. So, uh, you know, I think the World Economic Forum is the kingmakers wherever the Antichrist will be. But when he rises and controls all these countries that already have fealty towards the globalist agenda, they're going to have to deal with those countries that refuse to get in line. And we know that the result of the Gog-Magog war will eliminate Russia and most of the Islamic countries in the Middle East. And that leaves the Asian countries, which you see at the end of the tribulation, marching towards Armageddon. And you see other Islamic nations like Indonesia and all that are bigger. So, uh, you know, what is the Antichrist trying to conquer? Why is a third of the world die? Uh, will we read the third sign that Jesus gives? Uh, if we pass up to um, verse 11. Uh, it'll see there'll be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there'll be fearful sights and great signs from the heavens. So there's actually a, a few signs there, earthquakes. Uh, I just read that last year was one of the most earthquake prone year in uh, human history. We're actually going to do a radio program a little later here. We, Christ in Prophecy is, is not only a television program, but it's moving to radio, but actually printed out an article about uh, earthquakes here. Let me uh, pull that up here. And it's fascinating because, well, let's see here. Thank you. Here we go. Uh, it's an article called, Here are 10 of the Deadliest Natural Disasters in 2023. Uh, we read last year, earthquake in Afghanistan killed at least 1,480 people. Another earthquake in Morocco, 2,946 people. Uh, the storm Daniel in Libya killed almost 5,000 people. And in, now this is the, the big one in Turkey and Syria. 55,000 people died as a result of that earthquake. So earthquakes, natural disasters will continue to increase in frequency and intensity as we get closer to the Lord's return. Uh, but we'll also see increase in, in famines and plagues. Uh, you know, we all survived COVID-19 or one or another. I've lost a few relatives during that time period. but. You know, that's another thing. Sicknesses and diseases will increase in frequency intensity as 2024 goes by as well. And that is um, in Revelation 18, 23, where it tells us that the great merchants, the, the, the Billy Gates, the George Soros, the World Economic Forum types, right, would deceive all the nations with witchcraft, sorcery, pharmaceuticals. It, it told us in advance what they were doing. And the, the proof, um, you know, uh, how this was set up is, is undeniable at this point. 
Um, I, Dr. Judy Mikovic uh, had spoken at our church a few months ago, and she was involved with the film pandemic in the book. I mean, it's, all the evidence is in there. In fact, the people, Mickey uh, Willis was actually working for um, Sanders when he, he left and realized they're all being deceived. And he makes this film that, you know, they did everything they could to stop people from seeing it, but millions have now seen it and read the book. All the evidence is there, they, how they set it up. So mm -hmm. it was not in your best interest to um, take an unlicensed, uninsured injection. And if you did, well, if you did that, God can still change the chemistry back the way he designed it. So we still serve a God of miracles. And that's a big question for 2024 being a major election year. I mean, the election of a, the president of the United States affects the entire world. Certainly having uh, King Charles now instead of his mother in charge changes a lot of things with the UK. But uh, well, I think that what we'll probably see in 2024 is a, another major uh, false flag event. There's some major apocalypse or a major disaster, whether it's real or manufactured for the purpose of pushing an election towards a certain party. So uh, when uh, the Lord said that one of those signs that we read in Luke 21 was that there would be fearful events and great signs in the skies. You know, uh, last year seemed to be a record for UFO sightings and uh, you know, demonic in nature, getting people's attention away from the Bible and focused on extraterrestrials. So, you know, maybe the false flag event this year will be UFO in nature, or maybe it would be another epidemic in nature or maybe it would be a natural disaster or economic uh that's another fearful event when the bible's talking about sociological and economic disasters so it looks like that something probably by the end of this year we're going to be like oh great we're in another one of these things again right i i, I think exactly that uh you know second thessalonians these lying signs ones because they wouldn't believe the bible they're believing the ancient alien channel or something and believing that extraterrestrials from millions of light years away travel all this distance just to tell us we got it wrong and uh, i mean the vatican as you know already said uh, i wrote about the big and my book unmasking the future 2016 they quoted the uh, one of the lead guys in the vatican saying we'll, we'll have to redefine the reading of the gospel with these news the newest information we're getting from outer space i'm paraphrasing and go well you know the word of god says if anybody give you another gospel let them be accursed so, um, and that's another thing, another another sign, right? The um, the the, uh, the Pope last year announcing Islam as the one world religion. I mean, if that's not a red flag, what is? Um, uh, and he's he's meeting with um, uh, 120 transgenders every month for for lunch. So, well, why 120? What are you doing? Something like trying to copy the Book of Acts? What's with that, right? Um, you know, we should love all people. I get there. That's good. I mean, that's a good thing to do. But are, are you telling these people what the word of God says about it? Um, it's a spirit of banana from Babylonian Macedonian days, you know, this infiltrated their thinking, got them all confused. And, uh, and then we, we see where they're trying to change laws so you can't even talk about it. Yeah. The the Pope uh, used to be the old saying is, is the Pope Catholic? You know, yeah, that, that meant an absolute, but Francis is anything but Catholic, especially now blessing gay unions. And, uh, you know, it won't be long before he changes his view on abortion. Uh, the mm. guy is completely a false prophet. And I, I, I think, so too. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, wasn't the final Pope supposed to be, uh, uh, what was Malachi, the Malachi prophecies from yeah, about 850 yeah. years ago said that yeah, so he might be, um, maybe, or yeah. maybe he's just a phony one that they put in in the next one. But I think either way, we're very close. And um, which uh, I, I think maybe we should, you know, give a little insight. Enoch, I mean, that's a, an insight, a profound insight, uh, given us information of the rapture. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't die, Enoch was was taken by the Lord. And uh, that's why I just implore people to get right with God. In, even if you're a, a globalist, transhumanist, uh, psychopath watching this, I pray for you. <laughs> yes. Get right with the Lord now before it's too late. That's an excellent point. I, 
you know, around September, you start seeing Christmas decorations put up all over the stores. Uh, it used to be October. I think it's being pushed back to September. And so you knew that Christmas was around the bend, but more so knowing that Christmas is around the bend, what comes before that? Here in America, it's Thanksgiving. So when we see these signs pointing to the tribulation, what we read in the book of Revelation will actually happen. The groundwork is being laid so quickly right now. We know the tribulations are right around the bend. Well, if the tribulations around the bend, the Thanksgiving, the event that happens before that is the rapture of the church. So we know that's even closer. So could 2024 be the year of the rapture? Well, well Pastor Casper, I sure hope so. Uh, but again, if not, the Lord has has us here to share the gospel and get people saved. Uh, I was talking to a co-worker who was telling me that she went to church with uh, once with Alice Cooper. And so you got these people who are, you know, advert Satanists and now are Christian brothers and sisters. So the people are out there. The Lord wants us to bring them to him and, and get saved. So we got to be busy while the time is short. You know, my history on the secular music. I mean, a lot of those guys are not calling me up. Will you pray for me? Can I ask wow. you some questions about Revelation? Right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of them that you wouldn't think would ever come to faith have come to faith in Christ. It's pretty extraordinary. So wouldn't that be something if Klaus Schwab comes to know Jesus this I year? I pray so. I pray with you in agreement yes. right now that Klaus would be saved and that he would repent of all his nefarious agendas and realize he's talking about, you know, if he can just get the technology together, he could be the master of the world. He said that that's a quote full of pride. Um, it, you know, God resists the prideful and exalts the humble. So I pray that he would be humbled. And that he would fall on his knees and 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 receive salvation in Christ with the rest of his uh, crime syndicate. Let's just call it what it is. Absolutely. Well, we go to verse twelve. This is the next sign, and I think this is something, uh, Pastor Cass, we're going to see a lot of. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Verse 13, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. So it looks like the uh, obvious the Bible prophesies that persecution of Christians will increase in frequency intensity. Uh, we look at Nigeria, I think uh, just uh, on Christmas Day, something like 120 Christians were murdered in Nigeria during their church services. Uh, most people don't realize that Armenia is the only Christian center in a sea of of Islamic nations, and the Armenians are, are again being persecuted mightily. And of course, we're seeing Christians marginalized in the West. We're a joke now to the mainstream. So it will only be a step more before actually open persecution in the West happens, just like it does every day in the East. And so, yeah, the persecution of Christians will increase. But as Jesus said, it's an opportunity for testimony. So, you know, we read about when when this globalist agenda does take over and, and their antichrist rises to power and they conquer the world, we read about the tribulation saints, those who will be saved in the tribulation. And the Bible says, you know, they're like the sands of the sea. They're they're from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. And even though many are martyred and stand before the Lord, these are people that aren't saved now, but that will be saved during the tribulation. So it sometimes takes the evil of this world to push people towards Jesus Christ and his salvation. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe Klaus Schwab will get saved. We don't know. But whatever, the Lord is using his evil to bring about good eventually. But Saul of Tarsus was mm -hmm. involved in the killing of Christians, and uh, he turned into the great Apostle Paul. So all the things are possible to all God. I think the world's preparing for the end war. You know, heaven's preparing for a great wedding feast. Yes, yes. You know, Israel was basically reconstituted as a nation after World War II, 1948. And just as the Lord prophesied, it's right there in the Bible. It said it's going to happen. It happened. A lot of these things have happened, right? You know, 1947, the so-called UFO deception crash, where there was actually a few, you know, uh, apparently crashes in that area, the Area 51 and all that. Um, in Roswell, New Mexico, changed a lot of things. On uh, Israel prophesied independence. I mean, that was in Isaiah 68. Oh, sorry, Isaiah 66, right? Verse 8, um, that he would bring it forth in one day. But we've seen that happen. I mean, that's pretty significant. That would make you want to pay attention to what's going on here. 
So um, obviously, as you said in the beginning, we don't know the exact hour of the day, but we can obviously see the recognize the signs of the times that we're now living in these last days. And as you said, birth pangs. Oh, um, yeah. it's, it's in Daniel as well. I know you, you're very well versed in what happened with Daniel. You know, seal up the book. Uh, knowledge is increasing now. Yeah, both knowledge and travel. You bring, bring up a great point about Israel because, you know, here in the, the Bible prophecy circles, we call Israel the super sign. But the, the ninth of the signs that Jesus gives is an attack on Jerusalem. He says, but you see, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know its desolation is near and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance that all things are to be written may be fulfilled. So here's a prophecy that's really about the tribulation. It answers the third question the apostles out about the signs leading up to his return. But we know that the world will continue to uh, just hate the Jewish people, uh, uh, try to continue. Anti-Semitism will be on the rise. A series of end-time wars will force all the Jewish people back into Israel. And so we'll, we might even see you know, echoes of that beginning as half the world's Jewry now lives in Israel, as in the rest of the world, but the rest are supposed to go back as a result of the Gog-Magog war, and then the Antichrist persecutes them mercilessly and even besieges Jerusalem. So uh, for 2024, we'll see the prophetic signs showing that, yes, uh, the persecution of Israel, I mean, the fact that Israel's in the news all the time, that the UN makes resolution after resolution after resolution against Israel and not North Korea or China or any other. It shows that there's this, the satanic forces behind all these politics are know that their time is short and they're raging against the Lord. And I think for 2024, we're going to see a lot more raging against Israel. I think so, too. On, uh, you know, that brings up another point I think we should cover right now is uh we've got a lot of people first we've got people in the church you know denying the rapture is going to happen or there is going to be a rapture i don't know what bible they're reading but obviously not god's bible um in revelation and i know you've written about it there's you know hail and fire and mingled with blood and um all this stuff happens so we got the, the uh, mid tribbers and the post-trippers, you know, wanting to argue. I'm going, well, wait a minute, where's the comfort? We're supposed to comfort each other with these words, right? Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonians 4. So where's there any comfort in that? Um, I think that begs the question, you know, and I know you could answer this for us. Um, how, do, how does that work? If, if you're believing in the, you know, in the opposition to pre-tribulation rapture doctrine, and you're going to believe that some guy named Darby, you know, invented it in the 1800s or the McDonald girl in Scotland, which is preposterous. But it just means you didn't study enough. Um, if, if you knew that evidence um, based on the understanding, you know, with, with the tribulation prophecies that have already occurred and what's going to happen. I mean, so if Christ was going to come back after the tribulation and all the rapture, you know, all the saints at that point slave the un, uh, ungodly at their time i mean who's going to be left to populate the earth during the millennium i mean i'm just you know inquiring for a friend yeah you know there's not a time where we don't post something about the pre-trib rapture that immediately right. someone will jump on and comment and say oh the rapture is a false teaching these guys are false teachers false prophets and then you you push them a little to explain themselves and also they'll tell you is well, I heard that this guy named Darby invented it in the 1800s. It's like, what? It, it just shows a, a real lack of ignorance in studying what the Bible. I, I wrote an article uh, called Why I Believe in the Pre-Trib Rapture, and I have 11 points that delineate the differences between the rapture and the second coming. You can find it on our website at ChristInProphecy.org. Just type in Why I Believe in a Pre-Trib Rapture. But, you know, the first one is the Bible describes the rapture and second coming as different events. They're actually different scenarios. They don't totally line up. The rapture, you could say that the second coming comes in two phases, the rapture before the tribulation and then the second coming at the end, but they're they're explained differently. The rapture, number two, is described as occurring at any time without warning. Three, the rapture and the removal of the restrainer occur at the very same time. Uh, four, the, the Bible teaches that the tribulation is for Israel's redemption. It's not for the, the church. It's not meant to refine us, as, as a lot of post-tribbers say. The blood of Jesus purifies us from all our sins. Uh, so number five, the tribulation is not for the church. 
Six, God's wrath involves the whole seven-year tribulation. So if you're a, a mid-tribure or a pre-rather, uh, Jesus opens the very first seal. So we know the entire seven years that Daniel prophesied is for the tribulation, and the church isn't, again, those who are saved meant to live through the tribulation. Uh, number seven, the Old Testament and Revelation leave the church out of the tribulation. All those chapters from, from 6 to 19, the church isn't there. The church isn't present. So the Bible itself doesn't have the church in the tribulation. Uh, eight, uh, the church is explained as being busy elsewhere, in heaven, celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb and going through the judgment of the just. Uh, the ninth is that there's no need for sheep to separate the goats. So if it's a post-tribulation rapture, there's no sheep because they're in their glorified bodies. Nobody's in their earthly bodies, like you said, to enter into the millennial kingdom. Uh, the tenth reason is the Bible shows God rescues the righteous from his wrath. Verse after verse after verse promise that the, those who are his children are not meant to endure the wrath of God, and that includes the wrath of the tribulation. And number 11 is the pre-trib rapture is not too new a view. Uh, you can go to early church fathers such as Barnabas, Papias, Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, Tertullian, Hippolytus, Cyprian, and Lactantius, excuse me, they wrote on the imminent return of Jesus Christ. You could go and read um, uh, William Watson's book, Dispensationalism Before Darby, and he has many examples of the pre-trib rapture being taught all the way back to the first century. Uh, you could look at the work of um, Lee Brainerd. Uh, Lee Brainerd's been translating a lot of old texts that have been sitting there for hundreds of years, and he sees elements of the pre-trib rapture too. So, no, Darby did not create the view of the pre-trib rapture. Amen. You know, but that's a historical fact. <laughs> yeah, the, the history's there. You just have to study. You know, these people that say, well, my pastor told me Darby invented it. That's that. You know, it's like, well, I'm glad you trust an authority, but has that authority researched it? And when it comes to the rapture, you find that many people haven't either research it or know absolutely nothing about the rapture because they're never taught about it. Right. I, again, yeah, most churches don't want to talk about prophecy. They want to talk about things like this, um, but the Lord wants us to talk about it. From my understanding, and you and I both have been studying for many years, if we look at a pre-tribulation scenario, um, we're, we're supernaturally caught up in the sky, meet the Lord Jesus in the air, we go to heaven, we live there for seven years, uh, when things on earth are given over to the beast system and uh, the Gates of Hell Foundation is going to take over for a short time. Um, you know, God didn't just save us from hell. He saved us from hell on earth. That's why, let me comfort you with these words, right? So at the end of that period, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Messiah Yeshua, physically alive, physically forever alive, um, still has, shows that you know the, the, the scars from what he did for us on the cross. Uh, Zechariah 14, you know, tells us you know his feet to stand on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is going to be split in two from the, as far as the east to the west. Well, that's the very location that David wept in defeat. You know where the Lord Jesus was betrayed, rejected. Um, he's returning there, so he's going to cleanse the temple. I, look. If a mid or post tribulation, you know, rapture, I mean, you'd have to rise in the air to meet the Lord Jesus, and then you're going to do a 180 degree U turn, come back straight away to earth. That doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> like, well, how no, can you come up with an idea like that? And if we get our glorified bodies, and so everybody at the end of the tribulation who is except Jesus is saved, then why would there need to be a sheep goat judgment where the Lord separates the survivors of the tribulation? into two groups. One, the goats, those who rejected the Lord, took the mark of the beast. They're sent to torments to await the great white throne judgment. But those who survived the tribulation and have accepted Christ, they go into the millennial kingdom in their earthly bodies, and they repopulate the world. Well, part of the rapture is the resurrection. It's the, the renewal of our bodies to a glorified body. And Jesus says that glorified bodies are like the angels and that they don't reproduce. So if we go into the millennial kingdom where everybody who is saved is in their glorified body, how are we going to repopulate a millennial kingdom? So to me, the post-trib rapture absolutely makes no sense whatsoever because it doesn't leave anybody to populate the millennial kingdom. I, excellent point. And I'd, I'd like to add to that. I've had some of the post-tribbers saying, well, you, you pre-trib guys, you're probably you know, shaking your boots thinking, well, we should have been raptured by now. We've never said that. 
And that's the same nonsense of, well, you know, you're going to get to be without spots or wrinkle. No matter how good we are down here, we're never good enough. It's only because of the blood of Jesus covering us. That's the only reason we get in. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what Paul taught, that the old man, the sin nature resides in these, these fallen bodies. And we're not free of our sin nature until we go through the rapture or the resurrection. And so we get our glorified bodies, which are sinless and perfect. The old sin nature dies with the old body. And so, right. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you. I'm not, I mean, I'm anxious for the rapture to happen. Uh, I have relatives and friends that I wish get saved beforehand. And so certainly, yeah, that kind of holds me back. But at the same time, the father has already decided the date. Uh, nothing we do is going to change it. But we know once the very last person to be who's meant to be saved during the church age is saved, the Lord's going to come and say, come get God. You know, the father will say to the son, go get your bride. Amen. I, I would keep in mind, too, that you know, five out of the seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation are rebuked pretty sternly from the Lord himself. So it, this is really a time, you know, um, Matthew 18, 35, you know, we, we, you know, we got to forgive everyone no matter what they've done. I try to teach my congregation, forgive the moment you're offended. Don't wait. Don't go around, you know, thinking how you got hurt and retaliate. I mean, you're messing around with your whole biochemical reaction here you know so it's just do the word of god you know if we, unless we forgive everyone god can't forgive us and if he can't forgive us always is he going to bless you or heal you do anything with you you know hebrews 12 14 says follow peace with everyone and holiness without which nobody's going to see the lord so it's um you know it goes back to matthew 7 right but um 21 when not everybody that says lord lord so a lot of those churches that just, you know, don't tell me about scary things. Just tell me Jesus loves me. I can come in and, and go out with the same sins they can. Wait, that's ridiculous. That's an we got either we got the supernatural church or we got the superficial church. And the superficial church has got a really good marketing campaign going right now. But, um, you know, you, you got to choose the things of God. So I, I think, um, I know we're probably getting to the time when we need to um, wind this up. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Again, I, I just, if you're out there and you're watching this and, and, and you're on the wrong side of the equation, I just say to come, you know, all of you that have fallen for the lies and the deceptions, come all the transhumanist globalist liars and sorcerers and witch, witches and warlocks, come all the, the, the blasphemers and fornicators and adulterers, come to Christ before it's too late. Come to Christ, he could wash you clean from all your sins and unrighteousness is the only one that could do that so i'm telling you all my guilty brothers and sisters i beg you both of us are here begging you for christ's sake come now for your mortal souls and make your peace with the lord jesus beautifully said amen well if um anybody's praying us uh Dr. Nathan, why don't you lead a salvation prayer for everyone? Because maybe sometimes people don't even know how to pray. Absolutely. Okay. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the great love you have for us. That while we were sinners, you died for us. You sent your son, perfect, to die on the cross, be brutalized, and, and suffer all the sins of the world upon himself for us, so that when we put our faith and trust in you, that we can be saved. And so I pray, Lord, anyone tuned into this uh, presentation here, Lord, that uh, if they would give their lives to you, and they do that by lifting up a prayer to you, say, oh, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me. I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. And Lord, we thank you that you promise that anybody who prays from their heart and faith and repentance, that you will forgive them, you will cleanse them of their guilt and you will give them eternal life with you. And so we pray that this video will get in front of people who need to hear the gospel, and they will give their lives to you. Thank you for being so gracious and loving, and thank you for giving us eternal life. In your precious and wonderful name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, hallelujah. Well, God bless everybody. We'll see you next time here, there, in the air. Not to worry, we're going to hear Dr. Nathan on as many times as we can before we all go to heaven. God bless.
We are a totally faith-based ministry, and so please give and support spiritual encounters as you are led. Truly, Grace and Radio have a lot in common. Grace is free to us, but cost Christ an untold price, we may never fully understand this side of heaven. Radio is also free, too. It costs nothing to turn on your dial or stream audio, but it costs us a lot to stay on the air. Spiritual Encounters is almost entirely listener-supported, a privilege, but rare things in these days of big church radio corporations. We've carefully trimmed our budgets to all but wartime essentials, but operating costs are a fact of life. If you've been blessed through our program, here are some ways you can give back as the Holy Spirit leads. Consider becoming an underwriter by contacting us or simply go to the upper room, fellowship.org, and scroll down on the main page to donate. <laughs> 